Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Horror Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me to talk about some very naked and gruesome animation are <laughs> Matilda. Hi. Ariel. Hi. And Sarah. <laughs> Hi. All right. So it's been about a month since we've all been together. What have you guys been up to, starting with you, Sarah? Uh, well, let's see. I had knee surgery. Um, Party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, at least, did they at least give you the good drugs? Yeah, I, I did. I did have some good drugs to begin with. Uh, I'm off of them now, just taking uh, no. Tylenol, Tylenol Ow. for it because I can no longer take incense. Yeah. Oh right. Sorry. I, I heard yeah. incense and I was I like, too. like that <laughs> is it, some it, hippie it, shit. I don't want to hear <laughs> nothing about the Bay Area anymore. <laughs> if you're like patrolling tru- your way through this, you don't get to judge me. <laughs> oh, uh, I did get to go to uh, Cruel World Fest in oh, yeah. uh, Pasadena, which was pretty awesome. Got to see. But the, my only my only issue with it really was that there was three stages and a lot of the bands overlapped. So it was like, mm. okay, so I, I really want to see The Damned. So I get to see three songs by PIL, run over to The Damned, watch The Damned, oh. run back, get to see three songs by The Church. But oh, I did get to see planning. Devo and Bauhaus. So that was, that yeah. was definitely worth it. Uh, four or Five Grave and uh, Christian Death. And so, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Nice. That's about all I've been up to. I'm I'm off work, so I've just been watching a lot of stuff and catching up on my podcasts. And... That sounds That's nice. great. <laughs> I'm gl- I mean, I wish it were for different reasons. You were just like on vacation or you won the lottery, but I'm glad that you're getting some downtime no matter <laughs> <Yeah>. what. <laughs> How about you, Tilly? What have you been up to? Uh, not too much. Like Sarah, I got to see Bauhaus because they swung through the Bay Area after they were in um, at Cruel World. And it was so good. It was like, yeah, it's the best I've ever seen them. And the enormous, I think I put it on our Zombie Girl social media, mm-hmm. the enormous sing-along to Bela Lugosi's Dead was like, <laughs> so cool. very churchy. And Peter Murphy was much uh, more at the top of his game than last time. Oh, I yeah. Had- uh, last time I saw him, he had just started, like, he just married a yoga instructor, and there was a lot of, like, bizarre oh. yoga being done oh. on the stage. What? <laughs> weird. There was a lot of, like, Warrior One, kind of, <laughs> for no reason. So, uh, so this was much better. <laughs> and the that band didn't, much better. And the band didn't get in a fight uh, on stage, oh, so that yeah. was good, like, in Portland, so that's good. Um <laughs> <laughs> just a verbal fight of course but um no it's been good yeah awesome how about you miss ariel what have you been up to anything wild in your neighborhood <laughs> which by the way i was on trick-or-treat radio this week and one of the compliments that i got they're very sweet they say like lots of nice things about the show but one of them was like i really like ariel and i like all her Aww. weird naked neighbors so like, <laughs> <"Me too." laughs> so nice i'm glad that that's the impact i'm leaving on people that's that's fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's like everywhere she goes everybody's naked (laughs) i was like yeah that is her life (laughs) so how how have things been for you well, they were boring until Rachel showed up in my neighborhood. Hey! That was really fun. <laughs> yes. And did yeah. she win in Rome? Rachel, did you come naked? I mean, oh God, I'm not going to no. say. There were so many layers. 
<laughs> there were a lot. I was going to try to joke about and like a hands off dance off, but let's be honest. I had like, tights and a dress and a jacket and like, a hat. <laughs> but listen, was, I know so who nice. I am. Yes. yes. <laughs> but yeah, it was great to see you. It was so much fun. We got to hang out with Mars too, which was amazing from the Stream Queens. Yes. And uh, that was actually really interesting for me because I edit that podcast. And, and mm-hmm. so over the years, I feel like I've gotten to know Mars pretty well because I right. not just hear the podcast, but I hear all the side chats and stuff that ends up yeah. you know, on the cutting room floor. But I haven't spent time with her in person for a lot of years. And so it right. was really nice to actually get to interact with her. It's like when you have like a sex dream about someone and then you see them again. Right. And you're like, I have this experience with you that you have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was so much fun. It was a blast. Yeah. I laughed so much. It was really great. And I got to see Drunk Rachel, which is like my favorite thing. Yay. Just just be glad you didn't see next morning, Rachel. It was grim. I'm not surprised. You and Mars just like packed it away. I don't know why I was like, I've been drinking like, I I don't know, several cocktails and or beers. And I'm like, I should switch to straight bourbon. This is a great idea. Bring them to me neat. And then I just drank like a bunch of those. And we went back to the room and then Mars had hotel room wine so she brought over a bunch of wine (laughs) mistakes were made but you know what i will tell you postmates will bring you mcdonald's to your room i told you (laughs) so i was like i snuggled up with some nuggies i was gonna say but is the ice cream machine on in the middle of the night will they bring you the mcflurry (laughs) damn i wish i had thought of that no i just got nuggies and then i spilled a bunch of hot like stuff on the blanket so oh, no. I think I can never show my face at the nines again. They'll be like, it's the barbecue sauce bandit. Get her out of here. Hey, hey, at least you're not as bad as uh my sister and some of her friends were drinking in Santa Cruz and they got a a, a hotel there. And they were up in their hotel for about an hour after drinking all night before they realized that one of their party was missing. Oh no. So they went to look for him. Turns out as they were walking into the hotel he tripped and passed out in the rose bushes on, oh, no. on the entrance and had been oh, no. si- sitting there asleep <laughs> waiting for them. <laughs> oh, no. Bless his heart. Okay, we were not that bad. Everybody made it to the room. Everybody made it to their Ubers. Yep. Everything was fine. Um, <laughs> Mars and her boyfriend stayed in the same hotel as us and and – we uh, we like sent a car for Ariel, which by the way did yes okay yes. okay We're good. Uh, so yeah so that's what I have been up to but let's talk about what we've been watching Ariel what have you been watching lately sure um so the other day I watched this movie on Shutter called Off Season has anybody watched this one not yet no but I've heard it's like kind of Lovecrafty so I've been meaning to yeah there is a little bit of that vibe to it. It's not the greatest movie, but I was really entertained. And there's a couple moments in the middle that are genuinely creepy that kind of made me shudder a little. So it's not, like I said, it's not the best, but it has some really cool elements to it. So I think it's worth checking out. It's basically about this woman who finds out that her mother's grave has been disturbed. And so she's been called back to this island where her mother was buried. And so she goes there. And once you're on the island... At a certain point, the drawbridge raises and then you can't leave for the rest of the season. You get like stuck there. And she ends up getting stranded in this island with all the sort of locals. And then weird 
shit starts happening. And uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty entertaining. I think it's a good like, you know, Saturday afternoon kind of movie. I love that, though. That's the yeah. best. Yes. There's a up. there's an island like that in, in Michigan. It's it's only open the spring, summer and fall. And then like like on Halloween, they raise the drawbridge. And nobody yeah, that's will, exactly yeah. that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. I didn't realize that was a thing. But anyways. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I watched was this mini series on Hulu called Under the Banner of Heaven. It's based on the John Krakauer book about a true crime where a Mormon woman and her um, small child were brutally murdered. It stars Andrew Garfield, and he does a really good job in it, actually. I was surprised because I haven't seen him in much since his Spider-Man days, but I was pleasantly surprised at how good he was. And it sort of details, he's a detective and he's a Mormon guy, him and his partner trying to solve this murder and how enmeshed the city is and the police and the, like the politicians are with it, with the Mormon church and how much control Mm -hmm. they sort of have over everything and how sort of this patriarchal religion that doesn't give women much in the way of like rights or power um, kind of corrupts these guys who want to go back to sort of some of the older traditions of Mormonism mm-hmm. in a kind of fanatical way. So anyways, it was really interesting. It's super well acted. It's not very long because it's a miniseries. So you can watch the whole thing on Hulu now. And I, I would say the only detraction for me is that there is a part where they're talking about the Mormon religion and it keeps going back in time to the time of um, Brigham Young and Joseph Smith. And so it's sort of this old timey like historical acting stuff that didn't work that well for me but other than that i thought it was pretty great man the cast is killer in this yeah it really is daisy edgar jones from fresh wyatt russell yeah yeah there's some oh rory culkin love him oh he is so creepy in this he's really good he is finding a niche yes (laughs) it is (laughs) creep and i love that exactly yeah Yeah, i read the the book i read the book too yeah, five, six years ago, and I uh-huh. really enjoyed it. It was an interesting case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating. And the murder is just so brutal, too. It's, yeah. And it's scary how this Mormon family works and how much control they try to exert over their wives and the way that they try to bring back polygamy, but in even more creepy way than I've seen it done before with, Ooh. like, daughters and stuff. So yeah. it's just oh, no. very upsetting. Yeah, but really good. All right, cool. All right, how about you, Matilda? What have you been watching? The new Cronenberg movie, Crimes of the Future. How was that? It's so good. Oh, oh good. Awesome. I'm so excited. It is the Cronenbergiest Cronenberg I've seen <laughs> in some time. Like, it's deep, deep body horror, tech horror. It's like Videodrome level. Okay. It's like, and it's like super perverse. Yeah. Um, okay. It's like a, one of the lines in the movie, without spoiling the movie, is surgery is the new sex. I'll just uh-huh. say that. Like, oh. um, so it's kind of like a crash kind of Cronenberg era kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. like the, the visuals of it, like the, um, there's some like Geigery looking stuff in technology in this movie that looks Ooh. great. It looks great. Um, I also wa- read this great uh, novelette by Haley Piper called The Worm and His Kings, yes. which is... That one sounds so good. 
I think mm. you all would love this. It's I'm like, gonna do it. it's, it's on audible too. If you want the, um, not all of her stuff is on audible yet, but, um, this one is, and it's only like four hours, five hours, maybe. Um, oh, okay. That's really short. But it's like, it's got a city under a city. It's got a great kind of like queer relationship. It's got a cult and it's got a ton of cosmic horror. Ooh, okay. So all things I'm very sold. interested in. Yeah. It's really <laughs> good. She's a great writer. And then I'm um, in the middle of a book called Manhunt, which I know, Sarah, you also read, which is a kind of post-apocalyptic book about um, there being a virus that tears through the world and anybody that's ever had testosterone in their body um, or currently has testosterone in their body is ta- is turned into kind of like a brutal animal whoa like a feral animal and so there are the book follows um a couple of trans women who are hiding from the roving bands of turfs that are it's the enemy it's fascinating but it is so violent (laughs) (laughs) i mean the cover itself is pretty violent yeah what about you, Sarah? What have you been watching? Started watching a TV show called Dark Winds. I never mm-hmm. heard of that. Uh, it's on AMC Plus, and Ariel, you'll like it because it's a murder mystery. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. It's based on the novels by Tony Hillerman, who about two native oh. uh, police officers in 1971. They're basically having to work with the FBI because this murder that took place on the reservation has to also do with a bank robbery in town. And oh. Zan McLaren is one of the executive producers on it. Yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, I am enjoying the hell out of it. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. All right. Well, what have I been watching? I've watched, I mean, mostly I just watch stuff for the podcast, but there have been a couple of things um, that I want to talk about. First of all is a movie called Swallowed, which made its world premiere at the Overlook Film Festival this year. And I got to check it out. Um, and it is the new film from uh, director Carter Smith, who directed The Bruins. That's probably oh, his most okay. famous film. Okay. And it reunites him with Jenna Malone from that. But this one, he shot basically like super micro budget in using only materials that he already had, including special effects. And it is about these two guys. One of them, like they're friends, but one of them's in love with the other. I mean, they're in love with each other, even though like, one of the guys like, I'm straight. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But he's like on the, it's the night before he's leaving to California to start his gay porn career. And they get looped into basically a drug smuggling or what they think to be a drug smuggling thing where they're forced to like swallow these things. And then... um Things get a little body whorish. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the third act introduces a new character played by Mark Patton, who horror fans will recognize from Nightmare, um, Nightmare 2. Nightmare 2. Yep. Mm. He shows up. Yes. It's an extremely queer film. There's some pretty insane body horror things I have never. I mean, I, I, not that it's not something that people do. It's just I've never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so, like, no judgment, but I was like, this is brutal to watch. If it's not your jam, it can be a little, like, whoa, uh, bracing. I'm not kink shaming. I'm I'm not asking why. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. Uh, It's interesting. Uh, You can tell that it's sort of, like, low budget and done sort of in this experimental way. So everything isn't, like, 
perfect. And there's like a definitely sure. a like it's on this body horror track and then it sort of shifts. And I think for people that really wanted to see it go all the way down the body horror track, that might be a little bit of a, a letdown. But I do think it's an interesting film and and worth taking a look at, especially like there's something in it that I can't unsee. There's an oh, oh, I'm I just like going to refer to it as the extraction scene. And for those of you who have seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Ah. It it starts with a thing of Vaseline. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, that is what I have been watching. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get back with our reviews of The Last Unicorn and Spine of Night. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex West. And I'm Andrea Subisati. And we're from the Faculty of Horror podcast. And you're listening to the Zombie Girls Podcast. All right, well, let's get into these reviews. But before we do that, Sarah, what is our review pol- or our spoiler policy here? Our spoiler policy is we spoil the shit out of everything. So if you haven't watched it, pause it right now, watch the movie, and then get back to us. Excellent. You heard it here. We are now in the spoiler zone. Ariel, tell me about The Last Unicorn. All right. So first of all, if you do want to watch these before you listen, The Last Unicorn, you can actually watch for free on Tubi right now. Yes, you can. That's where I watched it. Me too. <laughs> You've had 40 years to watch it. So. <laughs> fair. That's true. Fair. These are fair statements you're making. <laughs> all right. So The Last Unicorn was actually based on a book by Peter S. Beagle, who is a Jewish... Mars's favorite book, by the way, of all time. Oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Oh, okay. Yep. So Peter S. Beagle is a Jewish screenwriter and author. And after he wrote the book, there was actually a lot of interest in turning it into a movie. And he knew right away that he didn't want to go live action because he thought that it would work better as an animated film. And there was enough interest that he had his pick and he could sort of choose who he wanted to work with. So he chose Rankin and Bass Productions, who, if that name sounds familiar, it's because they created childhood favorites like The Hobbit and all of those Christmas claymation movies like the Mm -hmm. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer one. Yeah. So Beagle had actually co-written the screenplay for the Rankin and Bass version of The Lord of the Rings in 1978. So he was already familiar with their work. And Rankin and Bass wrote the dialogue and the screenplay based on his book. But he has actually said in the past that the movies go or the movie goes even farther than his book. And he's praised both the animators and the voice actors for bringing it to life. Hmm. Nice. All of the animation was done by Top Craft Studio in Tokyo, Japan, who had previously animated the Rankin and Bass version of The Hobbit, The Return of the King, Frosty's Winter Wonderland, and some others. And this animation studio would actually later be hired by Miyazaki to work on Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Mm -hmm. And the core members of Top Craft would go on to create Studio Ghibli with Miyazaki. That explains something a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching it. I was like, Mm -hmm. this looks like this. This looks like Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it was. Exactly. (laughs) Then we saw the animators at the end and I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. And the musical score and the songs were composed and arranged by Jimmy Webb and performed by the group America (laughs) and the London Symphony Orchestra (laughs) with additional vocals by Lucy Mitchell. Yeah. That's it. All right. Awesome. Okay. So was this a first watch for anyone? No. No. 
No, but I mean, in a year, years and years since I've seen it. But yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> it's been decades <laughs> since so, the eighties for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I picked the movies today. So if you guys hated them or liked them, it's my fault, or you're welcome. But <laughs> I all I have this. to say, Rachel, is I I did not have enough weed for both of these. Yeah. <laughs> is there statement. enough weed? <laughs> Especially does the that amount? Does that amount exist? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have actually not seen this since I was like five, <laughs> because I saw this when I was a little kid, and it scared me so badly uh, yeah, that I, I never that. wanted to go there again. Occasionally, I will see photo. I would see photos from it and be like, Oof, no. <laughs> oh. no, 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 no. Like I'd see like the skeleton, or I'd see the bull, and I'm. Nope, nope, nope. So for me, this was about facing my fears and embracing my childhood trauma (laughs) and returning. And and honestly, like, I was like, am I going to be like, you were such a wimpy kid? No, I think this movie is actually really creepy in parts. Mm -hmm. Really creepy in parts. I think it's totally understandable why it would traumatize a kid. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, I mean, the freaking, what is it? The, I can't, uh, my, uh, not a Valkyrie. What is the, that? The harpy. The, the harpy. the harpy. Is the harpy. Yeah. The harpy. With the harpy titties. Like, with yes. Tw- yes. it was traumatizing as an adult. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then it, like, eats the, it eats, like, Murder She Wrote. You know, like, it eats Angela yes. Lansbury. Of course, this shit was traumatic. Of course, it was. I feel yeah. very validated in my childhood trauma. And it's just crazy that this was, like, a quote unquote kids movie. Like, Kids yep. movies in the 80s were wild. Y'all. I know. No wonder Gen X <laughs> right? is such a mess. Like, <laughs> this is what they were like putting us in front of the TV to like shut up and, you know, like distract us. They're like, here's some delicious trauma for you. It's right. for kids because it's animated. Yeah, I think I saw <laughs> Wizards when I was like eight years old. That shit is freaky. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. was like five or something like that. My parents rented heavy metal for me because it was a cartoon. Oh, my. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> Things are making sense. Yep. I feel like that was a formative experience formative. for little Sarah. That's just wall-to-wall titties. In yes. <laughs> metal, titties, all the violence. Like That's perfect. It's Sarah's for... favorite stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. all right so anyways that's that's how this ended up getting selected today matilda before we get into this how about you give us a little synopsis sure um so in the last unicorn which is from 1982 and it stars alan arkin jeff bridges mia farrow tammy grimes robert klein and angela lansbury and christopher lee as king Mm -hmm. haggard such a all-star cast yes So in a magical land, the villainous King Haggard sets out to capture and possess all the unicorns of the forest. A young le- unicorn learns that she is the last of her kind and is shortly thereafter captured by a witch who displays her in a traveling circus. She escapes with the help of an inept magician sh- named Schmendrick. <laughs> and the two connect with her Im- with an embittered cave dweller named Molly Grew. <laughs> On their <laughs> cave dweller, Jesus. <laughs> that's what she's. That's what it says about yeah. her in various oh, reviews. Geez. It's hilarious. On their long and dangerous quest to defeat King Haggard and free the other unicorns. Uh, yep, that's the movie. <laughs> All right, but I would love to know what you guys think about it. Re- like returning to it, starting with you, Sarah. What did you think of the last unicorn? You know, it was funny. I was watching this, and I was like, "This would have paired really nice with Legend." Oh yeah. Legend. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like they're the same movie. In a I way. mean, because it's like the last unicorn, essentially, right? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. There was a, a little bit of nostalgia in it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it's, it, it's weird because there's certain bits of it that, like, I've seen throughout the years that I was like, oh, that was that, that's what that was from? Like, you know, the, the <laughs> yeah. laughing, the, 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 the laughing skeleton drinking mm-hmm. the wine. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen a snippet <laughs> of that in something fairly recently. And I was like, I know what that's from. That's from, you know, but I couldn't think of what, it, what you know, the, the yeah. movie. And then, you know, uh, I, I love the uh, the old witch and her wearing that tree stump as the hat. Yeah, oh, it's so good. such a good costume. <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had a, I had fun with it. I'm glad it wasn't a torture. <laughs> no, I didn't select it as a torture. So I'm like, oh, I hope this is okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. How, how about you, Miss Ariel? I really like this too. It had been years since I had seen it, and you know, I think my favorite of the Rankin and Bass when I was a kid was that Dragons one. Mm-hmm. Um. I watched that one over and over again. And so this one I had seen a little bit less and it had been so many years that I had forgotten a lot of what was in it. I had forgotten just how wacky this movie is. Uh huh. There are so many wacky characters and elements. Like Sarah was saying, the wino skeleton. There's a pirate cat. <laughs> oh, a pirate <laughs> cat! <laughs> I had totally forgotten about. I did not remember the boob tree. Oh, there, my God, oh the my God! The boob tree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had already blanked it out again. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so wacky. I didn't even remember the goofy uh, butterfly at the beginning. Oh you know? God! What that I was had... when I got worried. I was like, oh, right, what me have too. I, done? I was like, oh, what have I this... done? Yeah, is this what the whole movie's gonna be like? Luckily, that butterfly it's just that was one irritating. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I wanted her to eat the butterfly. Smoosh. Yeah. Smoosh, the butterfly. Smoosh that under your hoof. Put it under. Smoosh under the hoof. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I what I had remembered as a child were like the things you were saying, Rachel, the Red Bull, the Harpy, those kind of things. I remember as a kid too being very, very sad when you get to see what those yeah. mystical animals really are. And it's like this yeah. really sad lion and a monkey. Yeah. I remember that depressing me as a child. <laughs> yeah. But My partner was like, I don't think the living conditions have been very good for these creatures. Like, <laughs> I don't think so, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> But I just, I really enjoyed it. And I think what I hadn't maybe picked up on as a kid or just didn't remember is how complex the character motivations in this movie are. I mean, on the surface, it's a fairly simplistic plot, but they all have these kind of gray motivations where nobody's purely good or evil. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the harpy isn't evil. They talk about how it's just her nature to kill things. She's not like a bad creature or the evil king guy. I mean, he does what he does because he's lonely and sad or Schmendrick wants to help, but he also is selfish and wants his magic powers. You know, Mm -hmm. the Red Bull is basically a slave and a monster. Like there's no. Yeah. You know, it's like a sheepdog, essentially. Yeah. A big fiery sheepdog. Yes, that's a very good way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even the Golden Prince is kind of like dad's like, yeah, whatever. I found him and I don't care, really. Yeah. Like he, he's boring to me. I mean, <laughs> same, but. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me while I yawn to death over that yeah. character. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and even things like when Schmendrick uses his magic to save 
you know, the unicorn from the Red Bull by turning her into a human, it's not looked at as he did this heroic, beautiful thing because he basically violated her. I mean, that's how they talk about it, you know? Like, he made this choice for her and turned her into a mortal creature when she was, like, supposedly the only unicorn left. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I just think this movie is so much more interesting than I probably gave it credit for as a child. And we can talk about the ending because I think the ending is really interesting and goes against a lot of the traditional fairy tale tropes we're used to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about about you, uh, Miss Matilda? Yeah, I mean, I think the look of this is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think I had remembered a little bit, but not... I had remembered the look of the characters, but not the look of the setting. Yeah. So much. And going back into like the unicorn forest where there's this very like 70s graphic kind of sensibility to all the trees and all of the bushes and stuff. It's just beautiful. I, of course, I was very into the pirate cat. Yes. (laughs) But I, of course, had forgotten and I was here for the yacht rock. Like, America is an important yacht rock. (laughs) And the soundtrack of this is so of its time in a way that did not read to me as an 80s kid, but now is hilarious and great. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The only thing I remembered about this movie were the characters and the title song. And all of the songs are so ridiculous. They are. (laughs) I really had a good time. Oh, I'm um, so glad. Yeah, I really had a good time. And I remembered, um, I had forgotten, but then I was like, oh, yeah, with the sinister, like, waves of unicorns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. out there, that was very disturbing to me as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. 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 I just yeah. want to say that, again, Jeff Bridges can't sing in this movie. I don't know no. why they gave him such a long song when his voice is so bad. It's bizarre to me. No, it's the same year, I think, that uh, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas came out with Burt Reynolds singing. Also oh, uh-huh. not great. Also <laughs> not, like, and next to Dolly, you're like, why would you do well, this to this right. person? Well, even even her song, though, I kept, like... That's true. Every, every time she hit a high note, I was... Because was that Mia Farrow singing? It is. So. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you were... Yeah, you would complain about Jeff Bridges, and I'm like, well, he's just tone deaf. She just... Oof. I'm a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they should have hired singers to do that part. <laughs> I'm really relieved you guys had a good time because I watched it and I was like, oh, what have I done? Because I had a very okay time. Oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. My top note was, I hate this fucking music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The music was probably my so least favorite part of it as well. <laughs> much of it. I mean, I'm, yes. I'm going to confess, guys. I fast forwarded through a lot of music. <laughs> I couldn't take it because it wasn't just bad. It was so long, like I her totally walking agree. and walking yes. and Americaing at me. I'm like, oh my god, make it stop! Make it stop! <laughs> I have chosen yeah. a musical. What have I done? It's totally yeah, it was, a musical. It wasn't Sister Golden Hair America. It was yeah. Magic America. <laughs> I just yes. I wanted it to. I I was hoping that like some of America's bigger hits, like Sister Golden Hair, would show up at this with accompanied by an orchestra, and it didn't happen. No. I mean, I don't even have the benefit of liking yacht rocks. So this was a <laughs> fucking <laughs> bummer. Big ass. Yeah. 
That being said, there are I think that this holds up in moments. Like there are some really like there are there are some low lows with the music, but there are some high highs with just the sheer freakiness of this. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I you talked about the setting of the unicorn forest. For me, it's that that castle and all of the like almost like Goblin King esque faces that are melded into the walls. In the walls. Great. Yeah. Visually, that this movie is like ten out of ten for me. Everything about it. I love the design of her with her purple eyelashes. I love the design of the unicorn itself. I love, and then juxtaposed against like uh, just the grotesqueness of everybody else (laughs) is really visually cool. All of like the grayness of the king. And um, yeah, so visually, I really, really liked it. And I, as a horror fan, I feel like as an adult, I can see where this worked me just enough to help turn me into a horror fan as an adult because those things really. Like aged like a fine wine. They're yeah. still super freaking disturbing. <laughs> um, I, I, as far as the story, that's so interesting that you like saw so much complexity because my feeling was like this is pretty slight. Like I, there's not <laughs> well, enough. Well, that's there, what I was saying about the, the plot is slight, but I think that there are themes in there that I, are I, deeper than I. As you're saying it, my opinion is shifting. Like because I think what you're saying is true. Like I do think that there is complexity to characters that I wasn't picking up on just because it, it was like this road movie with like a yeah. handful of little like set pieces, but there was, I don't know. It didn't have the like, because it's almost structured like a Hobbit style story. Mm-hmm. Like, but those, those moments didn't hit as hard. It had a really, had a couple of really good ones, which like the carnival, the nighttime, midnight carnival. And then obviously everything at the castle is pretty great. But the rest of it feels like just a lot of walking and bad music. Um. I actually <laughs> totally agree with you. Okay. Oh, look at us. Green. <laughs> it's happened. Listeners. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I guess we can stop the podcast now. Ariel and I agreed 100%. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, I feel a little mixed about this one, but I'm just glad it did not, was not a torment for you guys and that there was some Yacht Rock joy for you guys. <laughs> I mean, it was just ridiculous. You know, like the music was just ridiculous. Yeah, it was and overpowering. Yeah, Over, I, yes, I was like, uh, this is like ACD, like when we watched the uh, Maximum Overdrive. Yes. Oh, right. Yes, you're totally <laughs> but right. But with the America. Takes it it is. Yeah. It oh. is. Yeah. Apparently, oh. the theme song for this movie, the last unicorn song that America did, and is on their best of albums. Well, that just tells you <laughs> a lot now about America. Listen. Now listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you 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 know this is going to be playing in Tilly's car next time you uh, you get in, Rachel. <laughs> next I am road sorry. God damn it! Sorry, I just took a glass. Of, I just took a drink of water and almost spit it out in horror. But <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> You're totally right. Poor Rachel gets in my car, and it's the only thing that like causes me if I'm in a particularly intense time in my life to not have like intense road rage is to just listen to the Yacht Rock. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. she's like, I mean, if you need it, we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is like, you're so cool, like in so many ways. And then I'll get in your car and I'm like, wow. And you're like, this is a lot of Kenny Loggins. Yes! I know how you feel, Tilly, because, you know, I, I just... It's the same. It's the same thing for me. A lot of that music, I, I love it. Um, some of, I know it's all cheese balls, but you know what? I much rather hear Chilliwack than Little John. Yeah, there's mm. something. It makes me feel like I'm in the back of my parents' car when yes. I'm like six, 
and the AM radio is going. Yes. Mm-hmm. It just like I chills that would me out. A good height, yeah, headspace. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man, is that an opposite feeling for me? <laughs> <laughs> like the sound of AM radio is like I was like, can someone please scratch on a chalkboard? <laughs> someone have like a um, dental drill they could just run near my head <laughs> it was, it's like the sound of kfrc of my childhood so it's yep. kind of like which is i, I understand what you're station. saying with that yeah my yeah. parents had kfrc on like all the time <laughs> like kid. somebody's gonna come on and talk about sacramento and san Pani jose <laughs> Oh my god! Jesus Christ! Oh my god! I actually wrote into KFRC when I was a little kid one time for a contest. It was like to get your mom, uh, like a weekend getaway for Mother's Day. So I wrote into them trying to get my mom a getaway. I lost. I didn't win though. Wow. You tried. You <laughs> failed yeah. with effort. You failed with effort. So good job. So I, I kind of feel like this is a movie that they should remake. Personally, mm, yeah, I can like. See that. I would love to see a modern reinterpretation of this. Like, maybe even by the we'll get into it, but the directors of Spine of Night. Mm, like, I because huh. it has such adult themes in it. I would yeah. love to see it move in that direction. Would be really cool. I think, gotcha. but they better so not change a thing about that pirate cat. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to the music. I was like, wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah, pirate cat cat must stay. That is, I, I yeah. agree. What yeah. a delightful! I loved also like he's like yeah, it's my nature. I'm, like, I'm not gonna give you answers. I'm gonna give you riddles. Like, yeah, fair <laughs> That's enough. What cats do. I loved his little wooden leg. I oh my know, god! I and his it. earring. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I love that fucking. And it's like useless cat. eye patch because it doesn't mm-hmm. actually have a hurt or missing eye. Well, <laughs> but that's a misnomer, leg, you know. The pig leg was just the best. Yes, well, I know because it's made. supposed to be on the eye that's not injured, so the other one has to work and even out, right? But both no. of its eyes were fine. It just did it as a joke, didn't it? When so it the purpose it? of a pirate eye patch, oh, <laughs> such a nerd for knowing this, is it has to do with keeping one of your eyes always ready to be in the dark so that you can be above oh. deck and below deck what? and you just switch the patch. Does that actually work? Yeah, because yes. one of them is like ready to be oh. in the dark. So when you go below deck, you don't have to have you don't have to have your eyes adjust. You just move the patch over. That's so smart. They, they do that in the military too. When I close, because if a flashbang or, or lights come on, you have a, a shooting eye oh. ready. Yep. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that wreck your depth perception though? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, probably it's probably not great for depth perception, but you got to pick your poison. <laughs> I guess I was more thinking of the lazy eye thing where you put it over the good eye to make the other eye work harder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what the pirate cat was going for. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of lazy eyes on pirate ships. It's like a known thing. <laughs> you can't even move through the ranks on a pirate ship if you've got two front lookers. Like, it's related it's just... to the scurvy, probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Oh Any God. other thoughts on... The last unicorn. I would just say that I did like the ending, as I mentioned before, because, you know, the prince actually encourages her to go back into her unicorn form so that she can, you know, get the other unicorns back and and return to them, which I think is really cool. And also that, you know, she saves the unicorns and gets to go back to, you know, a group of unicorns where she's welcomed and it's everybody like her and she's not the only one anymore. But at the same time, they talk about how she's still always going to be different because she's had this experience of being human where she fell in love and understood mortality in a way that these other unicorns never will. So even though she's returning to them, she's going to be forever an outsider too. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of cool for a kid's movie ending, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, and that she chose to go with them instead of, like, staying with the dude. Yet. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Becoming a princess or whatever. Yeah. There's some good stuff in here for sure. I'm just mm-hmm. a grump. i know that feeling though when you've been the one to pick it to be like i'm a little harder on ones that i've picked myself and i'm forcing Mm -hmm. on other people that i'm like i'm telling you when that butterfly showed up i was like feeling unicorns can't feel regret Mm -hmm. but i did (laughs) because like i remembered flight of dragons and the hobbit being really good and so when that came on i was like oh did Rachel pick the worst of Rankin and Bass? I, yeah. <laughs> we were in the danger zone. I was just hypnotized. I had heard that opening song and I was rocking. You were so in. I was fine. I was I'm in. glad. I'm glad. That rock was all you needed. Now all we right, know if, all we ever need Ra- if we ever need Matilda to watch a movie that she doesn't want to watch, we just need to like insert a Yacht Rock soundtrack on top of it. Before yeah, you we just give need like... Air supply to score it for me. I have this fan edit of Conan the Barbarian. It's Man of War. Oh, it's, God. it's nothing but oh, Man God. of War all through the movie. And now I'm really thinking of doing a version of that, uh, of doing that, but with Yacht Rock all the way through. You should. Oh, yes. God. If, uh, if listeners, sense. if listeners have not looked at the band Man of War, Man of War recently, just go do, do yourself a favor and look at a picture of the band Man of War. <laughs> you can see why they would score Conan that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's give our final recommendations. Ariel, would you recommend The Last Unicorn? Yeah, I would. How about you, Sarah? Yes. How about you, Matilda? Yes. All right, mine is eh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> a solid. It's worth a. It's worth a watch. It's especially if you have kids. Traumatize them young. Turn them into horror fans. All right. Oh, shit. Let's... I just looked up that band. <laughs> Why oh, are their chests no. oiled? <laughs> the, I mean. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Rachel. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> I you almost went really out Googling. Oh, wow. 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 They look like they should have scored Spite of Night, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Minus the loincloth, though. I think they'd have to get rid of that to be part of yeah. Spider Night. There's too many pants like, on them. Elaborate <laughs> barbarian costumes in this yes. hilarious way. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. All right. All right. So, next up, we're going to be talking about a movie a little more recent. It's like from 2021, but also kind of 2022. Because it wasn't really a, it came, it did like a bunch of premieres in 2021, but it was more available for like actual people to see in 2022. So we're going to call it 2022 in case anybody wants to put it on their top 10 list. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. All right, cool. So I have the background for this one. So Spine of Night is an animated dark fantasy film written and directed by Philip Gillette and uh, Morgan Galen King. King previously worked as an animator, but Gillette is mostly known for live action films. He made the cult horror film They Remain, and he wrote the script for the Europa Report. I don't know why that's really hard for me to say, but it is. (laughs) He also wrote 15 episodes of that series Love, Death, and Robots. I don't know if you guys watched that on Netflix, but it's pretty interesting. Mm. The two were inspired to make this animated fantasy film specifically for an adult audience. And I Uh, think no matter where you (laughs) land in terms of whether you like this movie, they succeeded on that front. And I emphasis on front as in (laughs) frontal nudity, lots of it. (laughs) And they wanted to return to the kinds of animation that they watched when they were growing up, like the art by Ralph Bakshi. I hope I'm Bakshi. 
uh, uh, who did things like Fire and Ice and Lord of the Rings, but also they wanted to do something that harkened back to the film Heavy Metal. They initially self-financed the production because they didn't think that Hollywood would be ready or interested in this type of film. In an interview with Cartoon Brew, Gillette said, I just imagine that sequence from the Muppets Take Manhattan where all the doors get slammed in their faces. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled that quote just for you, Matilda. Thank you. (laughs) And, you know, like their tactic ultimately did work. They were able to self-finance it for the most part. But it also meant that the process was very slow. The film took eight years to animate eight years i almost say yep 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 fortunately uh once they were like almost done with it they did get a second round of funding from outside uh funders which is what allowed them to hire their cast which includes lucy lawless Patton oswalt betty uh, gabriel and richard e grant among others and they, this film is notable because they used rotoscoping for the animation style, right. in which, for those of you who don't know what that is, basically they shoot actual footage of people and then they meticulously draw over it frame by frame. Do you know if they did it like the hand way that you used to do or if they did it like over it with computer stuff? Computer so they graphics. did it with computers, but they did not use like AI or anything like that. Oh, they okay. did it by hand with computers because gotcha. they couldn't use AI because like basically the AI can do it, but it doesn't know when not to do it. You know what I mean? Like I it doesn't see. make judgment calls. So oh. they basically had to like create an Adobe, like a whole new kind of software oh, to wow. do it, right? A whole new system of doing it. So, <laughs> which we'll get into in a minute here. Okay. But so... When they filmed it, they didn't have green screens. They just had like a white room that they did it in and they filmed people doing it. And but they didn't have things like horses, for instance. So instead, they just had them like riding yoga balls very vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I wish there was footage of that. <laughs> I bet. I bet there's got to be some out. I mean, obviously, there are some out there, right? I wonder yeah. if they'll ever release it. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> and then like all the dismemberment scenes, they did like animated like uh, not animated, but like digitally animated scenes that they rotoscoped over because mm. obviously they couldn't dismember people. The whole movie actually almost got killed by a technical glitch, though, right at the end. Oh my so gosh. basically, the film consisted of thousands of hand-drawn layers that they had put like made in batches in custom software tools, which specifically worked with his uh, King's computer, which had windows from 2014 when they started working on this. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> so mm. for eight years, he had to be careful not to update anything. Oh, yes. Shit. So they got all the way to the end. The movie was done. They were getting ready to export the final cut for the film because right before the South by Southwest debut, um, then King went to bed and woke up and his computer had updated <gasps> seven years <gasps> no. of updates. No. Yes. Yep. And guess what? That software did not recognize oh. anything he had done anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was essentially gone at the very end. So Shit. they had to meticulously rebuild it, like exporting piece by piece. And reassembling it again. Ooh. It took two weeks to put their movie back together, but they were able to successfully salvage it. But it Jeez. was touch and go. It <laughs> apparently was quite arduous and exhausting and scary and upsetting, but they did figure it out. 
This wow, is the most incredible. upsetting modern ghost story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> if we were around a, like a campfire right now and you had a flashlight under your chin, like, and seven years of updates had come in. <laughs> they forgot to press save. <laughs> correct. Oh correct. my God. I'm so stressed out. Okay. Yes. Oh my. I, I can't even. I like when I've like lost recordings that we spent like two hours on, I like. A mess. Right. Imagine seven years I can't. of work. Can't seven imagine. fucking years of like meticulously drawing frame by frame over footage. Oh, I'd be, oh, I can't even imagine. Anyway, so fortunately, they were able to salvage it. The film premiered at South by Southwest, garnered mostly positive reviews, and it was released digitally and theatrically in October 2021. And it's now available to watch on Shutter. That's what I got for the background. But awesome. let's, Matilda, lay that synopsis on us. So as you said, this is from 2021-2022 um, and stars Richard E. Grant, Lucy Lawless, Patton Oswalt, Betty Gabriel, Joe Manganiello. Is that how you say mm -hmm. his name? Yep, you got it. And Jordan Douglas Smith as Gal Sur. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> acting it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> synopsis is... When ancient dark magic and knowledge falls into dangerous hands, the world enters a time of intense suffering. Many heroes from different times and cultures must come together to battle the forces of evil. This rotoscope animation film is violent, naked, epic, and pretty fucking deep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, as, uh, as Mr. Matilda's uh, review of this was, uh, there's a lot of P's and V's in this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also yeah. accurate. Yeah. All right, Sarah, was this a first watch for you? This was a first watch for me, and what was really funny is I actually watched Heavy Metal, like, last weekend, so... Oh, and, how weird. Uh, so I was just like, oh, so the flower's like the, the orb. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, you know, whenever the whenever it shows up, bad shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, um I actually really enjoyed this. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of tits and a lot of uh, <laughs> a, a, a lot of nudity. Jeez. But I, I found the story actually pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, I was really glad that one of those characters bit it in the beginning because I was like, oh, man, if it's going to be like two hours of dealing with this pud, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> pud. That's such a great word. <laughs> I gotta, I really need to use pud more often. Because yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of fucking puds around. There yeah. sure are. <laughs> How about you, Matilda? This I know this is not a first watch for you because you reviewed this on Bloody Good Horror, right? I did, yeah. And on Bloody Good Horror, um, there was uh, there were mixed feelings about this overall. Um, although mm -hmm. I really like this movie, and there were parts in the beginning where I was worried, and I talked about it a little bit there too. Caitlin and I were both had this worry, like in early in the movie when the character who's the kind of like swamp witch character, Sod, mm -hmm. is. Uh, in the castle and they kind of throw her and she's naked and they throw her down to her knees and Patton Oswalt's talking about how he's going to go to the swamp and open yeah. her up and take what he, I was like, I'm nervous about this movie, but then it, then it got okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fair. I, I was Fair. Yeah. yeah. 
I think we yeah. all shared that mode of yes. like, no, don't rotoscope this. No. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I really love this. And on the second watch through, it was so much better and so much clearer about what was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you can just trace the color blue through the entire thing. I love the performances in this movie. I thought that everyone who was in it really went for it. And the I have such an appreciation for cartoon violence. Mm-hmm. After this movie, the dedication to cartoon intestines and cutting people in half in this universe is incredible. It looks mm-hmm. incredible when, like, all the viscera comes out of people. Yeah, um, and it sure does. It <laughs> sure does. It really does. And even, like, um, you know, there's various different little little moments in this movie. Um, and I really enjoyed that last one of Galsorup and his castle and the um the bird people and their little mm-hmm. steampunk getting the crash in the steampunk ship and really i really loved this and yeah it's well worth a second watch it does not it holds up and gets better oh okay how about you miss ariel you're the question mark for me <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm wondering where you're gonna <laughs> land on this one mm-hmm. i feel pretty mixed about this movie on the one hand I did, like Matilda was saying, all of the cartoon stylized blood and gore I thought was really, really great and really well done. I mean, so many people are like cut in half from top to bottom, yeah, decapitated, mm-hmm. limbs cut off, blood just gushing everywhere. There's a bird dude that's melted by molten metal. (laughs) The king's face, Patton Oswalt's face is just melted off, which was pretty rad where you see bone sticking out underneath Mm -hmm. and his eyeballs are all big. I'm in Uh, pain. (laughs) (laughs) He is. I don't know how it was in the script, but he brought so much humor. Well, there's a a lot of improvisation, apparently. Okay, that makes a ton of sense to me. Mm -hmm. I loved him in this. I kind of wish he had been in it longer. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked that weird blood cloud. I thought the swimming pool full of blood where people were being sacrificed and their blood was running down into the swimming pool was nifty. I like nifty. <laughs> no, it, was, it was a great visual. <laughs> oh, so good. Just sitting there the in the middle word. surrounded by all that I blood. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. I um, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed, like Matilda was saying, the color blue and how you see it in, used in different ways throughout the movie. And you can see it in people's eyes and their blood and, and things like that. I thought all of that was really great. However. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. I didn't enjoy as much the way instead of it being this sort of epic story about this world it was sort of this collection of loose vignettes and I think some of them worked better than others for me I think the problem with it was that we didn't get to know any characters and so the stakes were super low like I didn't care if anybody died because I didn't know them even those bird people who you know are like revolutionaries and they're trying to stop this you're so thrown in the middle of it you don't know who anybody is that their deaths are somewhat meaningless you know they're just kind of cannon fodder mm-hmm. um uh-huh. I also think that this movie tries to philosophize a lot and tries to say really big things but because of the convoluted way the story is told, I'm not sure that for me it hung together all the way. I mean, it's obviously trying to talk about how power corrupts and that the universe doesn't give a shit about you, right? It's very nihilistic in that mm-hmm. way. And I can get on board with that. I just don't think there was like a ton of depth to that. 
there's also this plot line about how like those with knowledge are sort of the upper class and they have food and housing and are sort of shocked when, <laughs> when like the quote unquote peasants who don't have the knowledge revolt against them because they're starving. Um, where it almost feels like there's this like anti-intellectualism to it because the librarians are so easily corrupted, but the swamp witch who supposedly doesn't have the knowledge is able to keep her true, you know, intentions and until the end of the movie. I don't know. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to it. It's just that I just, because of the way it's put together, it didn't totally, um, I don't know. It, it didn't, it lost some of its meaning for me, I guess. Mm. And I just don't think ultimately it's kind of my thing. And maybe that's more of the problem. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I get Interesting. that. So like there is a thing where you watch a movie and you get, you think you're getting one thing and you get something else and it's so exciting. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I wasn't expecting this. Sure. This is the opposite. Of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was like, I think I know what this movie is. And it was so very much that uh-huh. movie that I had a great time. Oh, <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> I was like, this is exactly what I was expecting and exactly what I was wanting. And it's exactly what I got. Uh-huh. Like it's a, a super gory adult fantasy film. I think for me, I wasn't that into like the heavy metals and stuff growing up, but I did really like all of the adult fantasy stuff when I was yeah. a kid, like the Conans, like the sure. Excaliburs, like all of those kinds of things mm-hmm. that were maybe too adult, but like they existed. There was a time where they could exist. Then that time has moved on. I got an animated version of that with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I appreciated how far it went with, and I kind of, I was very into the Zod character. Lucy Lawless was great in it. She was my through line. Like maybe I didn't care. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism that you don't really get to know those characters very well. But it really always is about coming back to this fight between Lucy Lawless and yeah, Dollstore, right? Yeah. So those were the stakes were for me because I was, and I knew when she like summoned him, I was like, here we go. And then it was great. You know, like that face off was excellent and a really nice yeah. payoff. But I also think I'm used to that kind of colder. There, there's a coldness to this movie yes. mm-hmm. that existed in those kind of like, like again, like Excal. I think of like Excalibur. Like early 80s high fantasy. Yeah. Yes. Like what was the one where they have the glaives that they throw? And it has like Liam Neeson Krull? as a fetus. Yes. Yes. Like it reminded me of something like a crawl. Mm-hmm. And it's something I haven't seen for a very, very long time that I grew up loving. So that this hit nostalgia notes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the art style was really cool. The design choices that they're making, especially around those like steampunky bird people were really cool. There was a visual feast there. So I think I was, well, I think your criticisms are totally valid, Ariel. Like it, it yeah. wasn't an yeah. issue for me. Because I was like, mm, my eyeballs are happy. <laughs> character because my eyeballs are enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Yeah. there. I mean, there are some really cool visuals in this movie, like I said. So mm-hmm. I get if that's what worked for you. It was just the all the other stuff didn't work for me. And there was a uh, lot of it. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily pick up on an anti-intellectual sort of thing. I, mm-hmm. I kind of got more that like 
knowledge is a form of power and these people are incredibly greedy and it speaks yeah. to a particular part of human nature that is about the hoarding of power and the greed yeah. of power. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just one of the forms of it because he also used like archaic magic and swamp magic, all of those things. He wanted it all. Mm-hmm. And he, it wasn't his a corruption of knowledge. It was he wasn't corrupted by knowledge, but a corruption of like a, a greed and a weakness of the human spirit mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean i think that's definitely the overarching plot of it for sure mm-hmm. but i mean i don't know if i watch it again i'll keep an eye out for the anti-intellectual messages i didn't i did because i think there's an inc- like uh betty Gray- gabriel's character is yeah incredibly and, and like she's so excited by knowledge and but like her spirit Sheesh. as a human is different like she wants to share that knowledge and so i think that that kind of is she does but she's still okay like eating in that restaurant when everybody else is starving outside i i see i don't Mm -hmm. think she was she like wanted to share the information she was like well you know it's not a she was like while she was eating in that restaurant she was like having a conversation about how it wasn't right and then when they come in she's Mm -hmm. like we don't have to fight we have books where we can teach you like what foods you can eat like we can we can use this information to help so like i think she's a good counterbalance but i don't know that's just my opinion if I watch it again, I might feel differently. Um, but when that guy turns into an eyeball, it does, nothing matters. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> I did like when she splits him in half at the end and the yes. blue tendrils are like trying to glue him back yes. together yes. until she rips his heart out. I was kind of hoping she was going to bite into that heart. But other than that, I thought it was great. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, it was exactly what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. No more, no less. And so I had a really good time with it. Mm-hmm. I also think it helped that every, I've heard multiple people be like, uh, I don't know if I know what's happening here. And then other people be like, it comes together. So like in those early moments, gotcha. I had more patience with it because I'd already watched you guys have that conversation. And I was like, okay, yeah. we're going to, it's going to come together. Like, I'm not wasting my time here. Like, this is going to come together. Whereas maybe I would feel differently about it if I went in cold and was like, what are we doing? Yeah, because just some of the vignettes didn't make sense to me. Like, that couple that were under the stars just sort of talking about life and stuff. I was just sort Mm, of like, I don't understand why we're here. You know? that's that's the weakest one for me as well yeah yeah, yeah i think yeah. that's totally fair mm-hmm. yeah and it was helpful to for me I'd the first time I, the first <laughs> I time i watched it <laughs> i was so confused about the different eras because i was like some yes. people are in medieval outfits and some yes. people are in a straight up like muscle shirt and shorts like right what the well, fuck even is the ben gabriel <laughs> character she just looks like she's in normal you know, 21st century clothing compared to everybody else. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes they like go to a village that clearly like you're supposed to understand has some knowledge because they have like a globe or something right. inside. But like those folks are in a different time period. Clearly um, that was confu- that took me out of it a little bit. The so first there's time a through. point where you can see like broken down skyscrapers. So I almost thought it was like, yeah, future, future, future. Dystopia. Yeah. yeah, it could yeah. be. That could be. But it Which happens over the cargo shorts. Yeah, I mean that. I <laughs> they're guess the cockroaches of pants. Like they're gonna it. make it through. <laughs> <laughs> but also, the movie itself takes place over so many years. I, I'm not entirely mm-hmm. clear, like what, how many years pass, but clearly, it's a very long time. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, because he's like, he's the whole point is that his knowledge has made him immortal. Yeah. Yeah. And I had one other question. Lucy okay. Lawless's character Zod at the end where she decides she needs to destroy this final flower. Why doesn't she just do that instead of walking down the mountain? Why doesn't she destroy it up there where there's nobody around and she can just be done with it and end it? 
Well, doesn't she have to bring him there so that she can destroy him first? Does she? Because she doesn't, I mean. So she tears him apart and then tears his heart apart. Right. Right. And then uses the flower magic to, but doesn't she use the flower magic before that? I don't know. Maybe you're right. I, I don't. I no. I'm confused now. Yeah. <laughs> well, she uses so. the flower magic to raise the guardians. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then destroys. They they destroy him. Yeah. Okay. Which but like, wouldn't he have had no power had she taken the blue flower away? No, I think he has a bunch of like that power inside him already. Like he's oh, absorbed okay. a ton of it. So she yeah. needs to. She had to like kill him and his power and right, then like take right. it out of the world. I think that was my okay. understanding. No, that's, yeah, because he's been like sense. sitting in his weird Vegas spa of the flower <laughs> up in the. <laughs> it's like Caesar Palace of Blood. But there were sometimes like. Early on, Zod, when Zod and Garcel are in the first cell together mm-hmm. under Patton Oswalt's castle, like he asks her, like, can't you just eat a bunch of that and bust through the wall? And then yeah. he's sitting in another cell with the whole thing of it around his neck and he and never doesn't leaves. do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, weird. there's there's some inconsistency, inconsistency. In, also, in how people can wield it, I think. What's up with Zod's boobs? They're like so <laughs> defying <I> appreci- gravity. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated the, Implants. the bodies. Well, I appreciated the bodies in these a little bit because, like, unlike something like heavy metal where everybody is, like, super, super stylized, like, yeah. she was, like, a normal-shaped human body. I mean, a yeah. boobs. But, like, and throughout all of it, like, there was, I don't, I don't think there was ever a moment where there was anybody who was, like, the super, super sexualized body type. Other than the, uh, like, the bird people I read as a little bit more like the heavy metal. Yeah. Right, but they type. they would have to be slight to be able to fly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that serves a function, like an actual function, as opposed yeah. to like an aesthetic choice. Right, or and their balls the, and the way that their clothes are like straps over their breasts and stuff. Yeah, they're just like there's that, and it's kind of a unisex, like everyone's mm-hmm. wearing the same yep. thing, which mm-hmm. I liked, and it's kind of a Grace Jones looking. Kind of yeah. yeah, you're right. Situation. It's just interesting considering how much nudity in this is that it never felt like. Aside from like, whoa, that's a dick or whoa, those are boobs that I never, it, it didn't feel like sexy. It's not sexualized. No, like people no. are in battle with their Winnie the Pooh in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it even makes you wonder like what, like why? <laughs> yeah. Why are it's you a fighting? choice. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand. But I, there were a couple of points where I was worried it was going in the sort of sexual violence way. Like the, the scene that Matilda described at the beginning, there's also mm-hmm. a scene in the dungeon where he's obviously been like drinking the blood or using the blood to write on the floor of these two yeah. women and their dead yes. bodies are just kind of strewn about. And I was like, oh, what's, yeah. what's going to be happening here? That but it were, didn't that... actually go there. No, it never did. No, like, that moment worried me too ariel in the dungeon because i feel like it looks so much like the ultimately changed uh first guns and roses album that was so controversial on the back yeah Uh that scene looks so strongly like that visual that i was like "Uh uh-oh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sorry rachel i cut you off no 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 no. you answered my question it's it's totally fine um all right okay so any other thoughts about this before we move on I mean, I think the one thing that does kind of trouble me about her, about Zod and her, even her body being a little bigger is I think she's, I can't tell, and we talked about this on Bloody Good Horror too, I can't tell if we're supposed to read her as like, maybe indigenous question mark. Um, I can sort of see that, although I read it a little more as like a 
clan of the cave bear kind yeah, of situation yeah. me too ultimately me too, me too. but uh, there's something about her being closer to the earth and therefore her body being bigger that kind of like gets oh, a like little essentialist for of? me yeah gotcha yeah which you I know i'm never mad at a bigger body in a thing but i like i do think that's one of the tropes about like fuller bodied people is that we're kind of like closer to nature uh-huh hmm interesting okay. yeah or like fertility goddessy right yeah. like there's yeah. something yeah. yeah i got what you're saying yeah totally mm-hmm. right although she, her body even though she has those big boobs is very blocky like it's yes. not the ex- she doesn't have the exaggerated like fertility hips and stuff like that like she's got like a big like muscular butt she like looks yeah. like a warrior s to me more mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. it's it's a very athletic strong looking body so that's part of what i really liked about it and like you could easily like it's lucy lawless right they could have easily made her super wafy yep that's true you know but instead she's just like trekking up a mountain like "Mm, mm, mm, absolutely mm." like this nudity like between these two movies like i would say the figure of like the last unicorn as a unicorn is more problematic than his (laughs) body Fair. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> All right. I was like, what a pornographic unicorn that is. Jesus. <laughs> Somebody needs to isolate that audio. What a pornographic <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> We're just going to have a collection of weird quote shirts. We have three queens the other day. Oh my gosh. Yes. You have to do pornographic unicorn now. That would be Porn- amazing. Okay, I'm writing it. Yeah. I'm just going to put it right at the tippy tippy top of the zombie girl. We're just going to start collecting quotes up here at the top. <laughs> and zombie. Zod does when she initially dies, she does die like tits last in the swamp where I was True. like, come on. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean <laughs> if you're laying flat, I suppose they are the highest yeah. point of your body. But <laughs> you can see your boobs, right? Especially yeah. if you have like again, gravity defying globes on the top of your yeah. chest. But as a as a fuller bodied person, I call bullshit on naked hiking because <laughs> No. Yeah. Yeah. Too much chafing or oh, use some talcum yes. powder first. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a pornographic unicorn is in the dock. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. It will be saved for posterity. All right, cool. Well, let's give our final recommendations of this bad boy. Um, um, Sarah, what do you think? Recommend? Not recommend? Where are you on? Where do you land on Spine and Night? I recommend it. it, especially if you're like me, if you grew up watching, you know, uh, early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, high fantasy. If you were a fan of heavy metal magazine, um, yeah, check this one out. Excellent. How about you, Tilly? Yeah, absolutely. And Ariel, where are you going to land? Eh, I mean... There are certain people I would definitely recommend this to. Um, Rachel, you know, Sarita, my friend who writes uh-huh. into more deadly sometimes. I actually think yeah. if she could handle the gore because it's cartoon, hopefully she would. I think she might really dig this because she loves fantasy and mm-hmm. her husband is like into metal. So I think that might work for her. But I would not blanketly recommend this people. I didn't like it enough for that. Okay. I thought this movie was dope. Easy recommend for me. Yes. Oh. Watch it. Check it out. It's on. It's on Shutter. Give it. Put it. Put it in your eyeballs. Um, kick back maybe if you are a person who enjoys the marijuana um, <laughs> partake of the devil's weed yeah and uh have a good time have yeah, a good if, fucking time if you are better at drugs than we are this yeah. is this is a good movie for all of that 
probably what I should have done. Probably would have liked it better. Maybe you would have. You're like, this shit is deep. (laughs) (laughs) I loved all the giant stuff. It was cool. All right, cool. So that is it for our reviews. Maybe you have a different opinion about this film or you want to agree or maybe we missed the point. I don't know. Whatever the case may be. Drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. Or, and you should be doing this already because it's awesome, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZG Podcast. That's ZG Podcast, plural, to get uh, keep up with all the stuff that we're doing, as well as all the funny memes that Ariel and Matilda post. Or a good follow. You should follow us. It's a good time. Uh, if you're looking for something spooky to watch because you've already watched both of these on Tubi and Shudder, then you should check out our video on demand and streaming calendar. Where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are on the internet, and there are a lot of them. So come and check that out. If you want to support us um, on your body, if you want to put us on your body, <laughs> you can do so by purchasing some of our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch we got some cool t-shirts and then if you want to support us and you want more of this awesome content because you know you do you can do that with on our patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls we've got extended episodes we got bonus episodes we got a fucking rad discord that you want to be on you can come hang out with us all day every day and you'll get extended episodes like today where we're going to be talking about the back half of heaven with a special very special guest who Whoa. we have traumatized again one layer old of here's johnny <laughs> yes heaven by vc andrews mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right i don't have a streaming pick for this but you know what both of these are on streaming so check them out to be shutter put them in your eyeballs we have our next episode sarah you're gonna get to a program do you have any idea what you want to cover well, part of me was thinking of sticking with the animation and just Ooh. breaking everybody's soul and doing no. uh, Watership Down and Plague no. Dogs. Oh. Wait, Watership Down and what? Plague Dogs. Oh, yeah. God. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, ta- I'm, I'm gone vacation that week. You guys have fun. <laughs> then, 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 then I thought I could just torture Rachel and do Freeway no. and Freeway 2. No. <laughs> but uh, because I really want to watch, I really want to have an excuse to watch the movies. Dead Alive and House. Oh, awesome! The, the, oh, nice. The first, the first House movie with uh, William Cat, not the not the uh, Japanese. So the de- oh, okay. Dead Alive, the one from New Zealand. Is that the yes. one? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We've already covered it on Zombie Girls. We did. That's right. We did yeah. years ago. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, we yeah. did it with Jody. We did like a New Zealand horror episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Would anything right. else go with House? Mm. House two. Actually, yeah, why not? It's got that it's got that cute little caterpillar dog. I know, I love and then the the the, the cowboy grandpa. grandpa. Yes. I I actually really love House 2. All right. I have ever seen house the second and one. House 2, the second story. All okay. right. Okay. Very different vibes those movies. <laughs> yeah. House and House 2. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, I keep threatening to make Randy watch House 2, so it's going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. So we are out of here. Who would like to take us out unless people are sticking around for the extended episode? All right. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Zombie Girls podcast. I hope you enjoyed us talking about these very strange and oddly <laughs> nude filled cartoons. <laughs> and Confusingly <laughs> naked. Yes. Confusingly naked. Both of them, surprisingly. Also very large boobs in both of them. One of oh, them is yeah. on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I'm weird. engaged to a Douglas fir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. We appreciate you so much. And we'll be back here next time for Sarah's pick of House and House 2. Bye. Bye, everybody. I didn't get all the cast, all the members, but I do, I do have a good kitty. Please don't pull that audio. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going in. Unicorns? <laughs> Uh, please don't I have a good kitty <laughs> sorry Larry sorry Larry <laughs> you'll love it you'll love it I think we might do Valley of the Dolls was that like, I think that's what we were that was do, on yeah. there mm-hmm. How, I mean it, the theme of what did we who let us read this like clan of the cave bears <laughs> I've never read that would be a first watch oh, for me or first read for me. And the that's the a... movie has is Daryl Hannah. Oh yeah, we should definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that. that's a big book though. It is. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, oh well, yeah. Yeah. It'll stretch over multiple episodes. There were only a couple highlighted parts in that book. Yeah, it's like oh, it's like okay. a six it's like a 600 page book. <sighs> it's just so hard to go on the heels of any VC Andrews. I know. Well, that is the reason why I was quiet when you were mentioning flowers in the attic because when i first read flowers in the attic when i was a child and i should not have <laughs> it was a lot but these two books since have shown that they're like i think it would make flowers well i think we gotta go scene. straight to petals we gotta go to oh petals yeah the end. wait yeah. i'm sorry i just came in are we talking about reading more of ec andrews <laughs> eventually <laughs> we gotta do them all oh my god all no, of them no we don't <laughs> I mean, all the franchises. <laughs> How many franchises are there? There's, there's just there's the, a lot. The Gaul, there's Gaul a lot. Gangers is the last one that is is actually written by VC. Okay, the rest of them okay. You're like, not talking about oh. the like millions of books that were written. No, after oh, wait. So, we're not so, into so, the, so wait a minute. The the, uh, the, the and ruby shit. and jewel and whatever that yeah. one's not VC Andrews. Those are all no. ghost written. She okay. yeah. D- the sequel to this, d- uh, Dark, Dark Dark Angel, is the last book she wrote. Before she we could like do Kitty, the, uh, breast cancer. The, yeah. the books that uh, True Blood are based on. Oh, God. Oh, true. I'm so sad to report I've read some of those. I have Rianne was, obs- Rianne was obsessed with them. So she's I've read almost all read. of them except for like the le- latest mm-hmm. one, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel a little better and also a little sadder. <laughs> I think I think Sarah, the, the revisiting of Anne Rice is an interesting idea. Whether yeah. it's not even if it's not the beauty, even if it's like just I've as never long as I don't have to Anne read Rice. the money. Yeah, I would oh, I would skip over should. I would skip over interview and maybe do like either Lestat or uh right. Queen we if we want to do a, it up. a vampire chronicle. Otherwise Exit to Eden or, or claiming. Yeah, just I mean, not yeah, the mummy. Like... Jesus. So boring. <laughs> We could do her books on Jesus. You know what we could do? We could do Belinda, which is not like full, like uh-huh. full kink, but it's it's her Lolita. Cry to heaven. Oh, right. Larry, are you gonna read are you gonna read Belinda with us? Yeah, See, uh, I have to stick around because I need to I I I will be picking one at some point. I just gotta figure right. out something that's not going to make me suffer too. You, and I think you, that's you the part where this the problem, Larry, is our bar of what will make us suffer is so high. Yeah. That you're gonna have to just collateral damage it and just be like, it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> but it is also true that there's like kind of a gendered childhood thing to a lot of these, right? Like I yeah. don't know how many 
boys were reading V.C. Andrews necessarily or like a bunch or like even Anne Rice. So boys were not reading V.C. Andrews because they didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> they would have. But the, Larry, I you believer. did. Yes, I read uh, Flowers because I read um, It. And my mom said that flowers scared her when she was a kid. Scary. Yeah. Um, and so I read it and I just remember being like, what the fuck did we just do here? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, so it did I, not I was, awaken anything in you is what you're saying. No. Fourth grade? Like fourth grade? Yeah, I didn't read them like in fourth grade. Fifth I read grade? Them in like, something like that? I Well, then fifth grade sounds about right. Because you're like 12 in fifth grade, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's about when I read them. The uh, twelve you're about six or seven because okay. yeah. thirteen yeah. thirteen fourteen uh that's when you start high school, grade. isn't it? Okay. All right. Well then sixth grade maybe, sixth, seventh grade. I was reading these. Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Does that explain a lot? Or do you feel like yeah. you're <laughs> this is like when we found out that you that that Sarah watched heavy metal as yes. a child? We're like, oh now this... we understand. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, are we ready to get into this? Yeah. I found our next book. It's ready as all Oh, what is it gonna what be? Is it? Okay.